Hello, and welcome to this first experimental introductory episode of what I'm calling Emotional Catalyst. So the whole naming of this podcast we'll cover later, uh, but the long and short of it is, I love music, and I love talking to people about what they love. Now, music as a whole just persists and permeates through our culture at this point. It's inescapable. Uh, you know, soundtrack to a movie or a television show, the background noise in a restaurant or shopping center, or even your own friends just via social media or sharing anything directly to you. Um, but favorites are a different story. No one shares that with you or your reasons for liking it. And that's what I want to cover with this podcast is to go beyond what the, the artist or the song uh, is and just get into it on a, an emotional and personal level, which hopefully will make for some good stories, um, some great insight, and maybe some additions to your musical catalog. Uh, so with all that said, this first discussion is between me and my own brother, Gabe, who also uh, kicked off the idea for this podcast. Um, I chose Manchester Orchestra's Black Mile to the Surface, their latest album. Gabe chose the Avett Brothers as a band to talk about, which they're also a favorite of mine, so um, we just went with it um, and, and had a nice sit-down discussion about both. So, enjoy. Good to go, I think. All right, we're recording. We're on. We're on. We're live. So to kick everything off, um, Gabe. Gabe, me. Of, <laughs> who are you? No. Um, so the whole idea for this podcast kicked off with you, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll cover the, like the band stuff later. But sure. you and I were having a conversation about Manchester Orchestra mm-hmm. in a hotel room, and I was trying to ask you about I think the latest album because I previously brought it up I was like oh this is coming out and I made you a playlist of songs to listen to and all that stuff and you said to me I just could remember it because I've said the same thing before the mm-hmm. oh I, I know I should like them but I it just hasn't clicked with me yet or it just hasn't hit me yet right and I know I've said that so many times about other things where it just set off this thought in my mind of of what what makes that click for people uh, with with a particular band? Because music is so deeply emotional for some people. For some people, it's tied to emotions or events or just everything across the board. You can tie back to music in some way usually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to get into that. Um, find particular bands for people or or particular events even maybe if they have things tied to that, um, and we can talk about that here. So. Before we get to that, I also think it's important to cover like the type of music listener you are. So if I were to talk about myself, I think I'm very album-based. I will go mm-hmm. listen to a whole album front to back before anything else. Um, I'll get into shuffle later. I'll make yeah. playlists later. But like if I want to actually listen to music, I listen to the album. Um, back in the day, I think you were probably the one that, that kicked off like a lot of my musical awakening in high school. Um, really? Before that... Okay. That was maybe I think I just listened to what mom and dad did. Um, that was one the, thing I was thinking earlier. Yeah, driving yeah. in the car and driving around the car, yeah. you just listen to what they did, and that's right. kind of what I got into. Um, I think that's the reason the, the Beach Boys have stuck with me this long. <laughs> the Beach Boys for sure. That Best of Queen album we would listen to. Yep. And uh, Kiss. Michael Stanley from Mom. Michael or Stanley. Kiss. Yep. Uh, oh man. A and lot then, of stuff. <laughs> I, I think even in high school, I. Um, I took after country for a bit. I was a bit into the like the top 100 country countdowns I'm, for a little while. I'm glad I don't I know, remember that. <laughs> I know you don't remember that. I yes. do. A lot uh, of listening late Sunday nights on the radio. Yeah. Um, and I guess for the you know listeners, we shared one year in high school where we drove to school together. So that must have been the three years prior to that I was in the car. Oh, definitely. So, yeah. I'm talking like seventh, eighth grade. Awesome. I was, okay. Listen to that. So that's where you missed that. And then beyond that, like 
I know rap was really popular when I was in high school mm-hmm. or well no middle school I mean um, and beyond that but at the time it felt naughty for me to listen to kind of I think I avoided it just because I, I had a bad I had a bad opinion of it because I thought yeah. like, I was kind of ashamed if if our parents found out I liked I rap I think our parents did an excellent job of instilling that kind of mentality Ooh, in a little bit of a little yeah. shame tied into it yep so I stuck with the the Aerosmith and the Beach Boys and just mm-hmm. whatever seemed fun at the time and it wasn't until high school when you started sharing some of the punk bands and everything with me sugar cult is the one that sticks out in my mind Good old sugar cult uh, as the as one of the ones you gave to me and i was like oh this is really cool so for me that's when limewire was kicking off mm-hmm. um i would go meticulously collect songs and build the albums that was fun to me was to make the album and download song by song on limewire uh, and after a while itunes came around we got ipods mm-hmm. um I would go through iTunes library and it had a suggest a song thing or suggest an album and I would click what I had, what I liked, and it would suggest new bands for me. And then I would just drive to the library and check those out and bring them back and rip them to iTunes and then bring them right back to the library. That's so naughty, man. That's awesome. my quote legal way of stealing music. (laughs) Okay. That's Uh, one way. That's what I did. That's how I built up my library probably through high school, like Mm -hmm. by suggestions of yours and then iTunes by proxy association. Yeah. I want to say I remember listening to like Sugar Cult during like middle school track. I think was the first time I heard Sugar Cult because you know you're like waiting in between events and you're just sitting there with your friends and people are like playing music and they're like, "Hey, listen to this." And then I remember, um, yeah, I think it was Charlie Shroff was the one that first played that for me. Excellent. Yeah. So I I know Charlie has shared some music with me too, and and mm-hmm. vice versa in the past. So yeah, I mean a lot of that comes from friends too. Also, what I for- forgot as well was. Um, my job at Kroger, I was I would listen. I'd have one earphone in, pushing carts or something. And I had a yeah. couple friends there that were really big on sharing music. Burned a lot of CDs, um, so I got a lot of music that way too. All American Rejects and Fall Out Boy. I think I got yeah. a lot of my CDs from from friends at Kroger too. So that's kind of fun. Okay. Um, so I guess you know more on the topic of like what type of music listener we are. So the type of music listener I am, I think nowadays like you know in this day and age i listen to music very sporadically it's like kind of i listen to you know suggested playlists and songs that are recommended because i listen to a certain type of music and it's usually like one off so it'll be like um you know maybe a new band like branches will show up on my release radar and i'm like oh okay cool what's this uh what's this new band and then listen to that one song if it's catchy then i'll be inclined to go listen to more of the album but it has to like really like kind of you know get that hook in my ear like where i'm just like all right yeah i want to keep listening to this and then i'll listen to the rest of the album um i would say prior to that um you know it was more given the way that music was um kind of shared back then like you did i think you listened to albums more like you listened to the whole thing rather than one-off songs just because of how music was attained like because you buy a cd versus being able to just get one song at a time um and it's kind of i don't know i mean for what it's worth i mean that's just kind of how i do it i don't know if it's like right or wrong i feel like in my in my brain like i kind of think like uh you know it's a good way of like learning new music because it's very random like i think you know i might be able to get to hear some artists that you know i would have never heard of otherwise if i had not done this like sporadic way of listening to it but you know, I, it's 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 how I do it nowadays. So yeah. So um, to clarify, then you're you're a big sure. Spotify user. I am. I use Google service, which I think is comparable. But mm-hmm. I started using it because I could save my music archive that I'd okay. already built up on it. 
um, to access at any time. Mm -hmm. But now I pay for the service and I just go listen and download mm -hmm. to my device whatever I want to. Yeah. And I, I, the one thing I haven't really done is find a good um, uh, the radar thing that you mentioned. Sure. Oh, yeah. And just for clarification, so like radar. release radar and discover weekly are playlists on Spotify that are basically like they have an algorithm that chooses music for you mm -hmm. um, based on what you currently listen to. Right. Okay. So then mm -hmm. I actually probably aggregate more of my new bands from either you or, or friends sharing me stuff that, that has come on their release radar and they think yeah. I might like. Yep. And again, like you described, it's the same thing. If the song's kind of catchy and I go off and listen to something else. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned right or wrong. I again, possibly like no wrong way to do it. Sure. Yeah. I don't but that made me chuckle. <laughs> you said that because then I think of other things. Uh, Nathaniel Rateliff brings to mind. Um, Mark sent me the the song Sob, mm -hmm. and I I would say that one does not fit into the rest of the album at all. So if you went by just that one song, and you're like this is catchy, and you go I to the album. That, yeah. I don't think the rest really fit into that. Mm -hmm. So, like, as far as, you know, the music that we listen to, like, you know, driving the car, that's kind of, like, another example of, like, the memories that it's associated with, I guess, is you kind of, like, tie music back to that. Because um, the song I think of is that song, Wave on Wave, and I'm Pat, Pat Green, so Pat Green yeah, plays that song. Mom's go-to karaoke song. And, like, that's what I think of, like, when I'm driving in a car, and it's, like, a long, you know, trip, I think, I think of Pat Green and Wave on Wave, and it's just, like, it just jumps into my mind, and it's just... It's just there, like, and I will probably always like that song, you know, for whatever reason. But if I had heard it in any other manner, you know, if I had just heard it, you know, at a bar playing over the loudspeaker, I probably wouldn't have like been just run outside the bar and jump in your car. Yeah, experience it. That <laughs> I need way. to go on a road trip. <laughs> I need to drive to Pittsburgh. Right. So then, do you have do you have a, like a road trip playlist that you usually make, or do you specify songs just for driving? I'll say yes and no because nowadays I'm at, you know kind of very appropriately I'm getting more into podcasts. So usually when I'm on long trips, I listen to podcasts, but. Yep. With longer trips, what I'll do is I'll plan, I'll plan specific playlists depending on the length of the trip. Like if it's longer than you know hour, hour and a half, I'll I'll do some you know research first and be like, okay, like what do I what what am I gonna want to listen to like before I do do this road trip and um, you know be kind of I'll be a little more intentional about what music I pick. But I always, for the most part, on road trips, will pick music that I know I already like. Um, it's less so where I'll be listening to like release radar or discover weekly trying to find new music because like when I'm on a road trip I want to be listening to something that like I'm comfortable with that I already know I like I don't want to have to like be driving and then skipping the song every time I like comes to it I want to just like listen yeah, and sure. drive that you know that sort of thing um, so it, it kind of varies on the situation to be honest, like as far as what I'll be listening to. Well, this makes this really easy because you basically describe also the same way that I, I travel as well. Mm -hmm. I, I brought up cars specifically because I think I also do my best listening in the car or like when I, I get really into a song. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's when I'm in a car usually. Just driving home from work, sitting in traffic, listen to a song I really like and I'm just, I feel that much more into it. I don't know if it's just because yeah. I'm alone in the car and in my contained little bubble of music Space. at the time. It, it, it feels more homey when I'm sitting in a car listening to a particular song than it does at home which sure. I think is odd but um, the way you described it the I, I purposely have the, the songs that I like listening to in the car the bands that I go to and I, I go for comfort music in the car right. because usually if it's a long drive you know want to be comforted so exactly yeah i guess like what's on my mind right now though as far as like the type of listener so like as far as like type of listener you can think of like how you listen to new music and then i think of like also like 
what I think about when I'm listening to new music as far as like what makes me want to keep listening to that song and like that's one thing that has kind of stuck with me as far as it seems like it can change. Like when I'm listening to new music, like I definitely, I really like to listen to vocals. Like if it's good vocals, I will definitely be hooked. Um, if it's maybe, you know, ma I'll say like masterful, you know, guitar playing, that sort of thing. Like if, if I can tell that this person has a lot of skill, that makes me want to keep listening to it as well. And then sometimes like if it reminds me of other music that I listen to, it's kind of like the cheap way of like me getting hooked into it. It doesn't necessarily have to be good, but like if their voice kind of sounds like you know the Avid Brothers, or if their, you know, guitar playing kind of sounds like another band like that I listen to, then I'll want to like keep listening to that song. You know, nice. Okay, it's, it's, that, that's also pretty similar yeah. to what I describe. I play a really bad game of I, I hear one band and I think, oh, this reminds me of a mix between X and Y, and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll try and come up with two, three bands that this new band I'm listening to reminds me of a mix of the two of them. Yeah, um, I play that game a lot, probably too much, and I try too hard, but. I, I do that too. Oh, I find enough of that association or come back and, mm -hmm. and justify a way to like it. Um, that's cool. Yeah, so you, that's you do focus point. a lot on, on, on lyrics as well. I, I think I do the same thing. For sure. very, I, I love getting into the story of a song or even an well, album. When I say lyrics, I mean, I actually mean lyrics more in the sense of like how they're sung. I think of like, okay. Uh, so, well, vocals, yeah. Vocals, like in terms of like how well they sing it. Almost more so than lyrics sometimes. All right, yeah. So, but as the, an example, because you were in choir, I was not. I still think I'm terrible with anything singing related. Uh, but you were in university choir, even. Mm -hmm. Yes. So um, that makes sense and, that you would focus a little bit more on that. Right, and I think like because that's the sort of thing. Like if I hear a song and I know that they're you know flat or sharp or they miss a note, like that Ooh, you just shows them. in my ear. Like it just like it's you know. It, it it bugs me like it drives me nuts and then I can't listen to that music because then I always associate with oh well, that person can't sing you know the one that just band that just popped in my mind have you heard of the Mountain Goats uh, the name rings a bell I don't think not I not trying to knock the Mountain Goats by any means but like when I first listened to that band the guy's voice just grated against my ears because it was one of those ones where you know it, the the lyrics were fine like the, the the instrumentals were okay like they were playing great music but then like the guy's voice just Graded against my ear, and I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't listen to it, even though I know that they're like you know a lot of people like this band. They're a good band, you know, ostensibly. But I just couldn't couldn't get into it. Sometimes it's not for you. It's yeah, exactly. So you, but, you don't listen to them all now, or you you just tried once and gave up? I, I don't listen to them right now. No, I, ever I, I, <laughs> ever. <laughs> nope, it, it failed. Yeah. <laughs> so as far as the whole point of this podcast getting at the actual like bands we were going to talk about uh i'll swing this back around to manchester orchestra since okay. that was essentially what kicked off this whole idea uh when i was trying to get you to like them or, or hoping that you would <laughs> or assuming that you would even i think at that point um they've been in probably my favorite bands for a good five years now um but i mean similar to how you described i was told enough about them over time that I would like them, that I should listen to them, and I just never did. I think I was just lazy about it. I knew a couple songs that I'd heard, and I'm just like, yeah, these are good jams, and just hadn't hit me. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until I think I graduated college, and I was on my first or second trip to Chicago to, to visit my best friend, um, and he took me to a free concert that, that was going on. It was just in the street near uh, Lincoln Park, mm -hmm. and they had stages set up on either end of the street, and uh, Manchester Orchestra was the closer for the night. And I just remember having so much fun that night. 
um, had a few drinks. We were just hanging out with everybody around us. The uh, Stanley Cup playoffs were going on, and Chicago's oh, team, nice. the Blackhawks, were in the yep. Stanley Cup playoffs. I think they were a game away from winning when we were there. Um, so I was almost in Chicago when they won the playoffs, nice. but or won the Stanley Cup. But um, we were at that show, sneakily checking the score to the game. Um, and despite only knowing, I'd say at the time, two songs by them, I just remember the concert being great. I was like, these guys are a lot of fun. And it, it wasn't until after that that I was like, I'm going to go back and listen to these guys. And I went and got all the albums and um, listened through them and, and really got into the, the kind of, they have a good variety, I think. Each album is pretty different from the next one, but they still have that very distinct style. Mm-hmm. Um, I really got into them and saw them in concert a few more times after that, more direct, not an outdoor show in the city. Um, but that's where the band itself, I think, sunk in with me. Okay. Then fast forward to the album itself, um, the latest album, Black Mile to the Surface. When I was trying to get you to like them, I, I played you the, we were hanging out in the single it just released, The Gold. Um, so there's nothing else related to the album aside from a lot of cryptic imagery. But you could tell that they had put a little bit more story into this, a little more effort, which fascinated me. Because their album before that was, uh, I like that album, Cope, but it's also a lot of noise. <laughs> it's just just a rock album front to back. There's no rest. Sure. It is just noise all the way through. Okay. Um, but it's fun, and I like it. But then The Gold came out. It fit within, again, their style, but was different. And then the, the imagery and, and cryptic stuff that was coming out with it made me believe there was a story, and mm-hmm. there definitely was. That album released... I I think I waited all through work. I didn't listen at work. I went home and I put on headphones and I listened to it and I fell asleep. Nice. <laughs> I didn't finish the album. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so then I um, I think I tried one more time and I, I was hungry. I cooked dinner or something and I just gave up. And I listened to it at work the next day. I listened to it and I was like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with this. Mm-hmm. And then I listened a third time on my drive home from work. And I had started at work, and I finished in the car. And again, the, the thing about being in the car, uh, I, I don't know if that made it stick more, but mm-hmm. you've got the first song on the album, The Maze, is centered around the lead singer's daughter. His name, his daughter's name is Maisie The Maze. Okay. And it's about, like, that. I, I don't want to get into what it's about. <laughs> it's about his daughter. Um, and then the last song is The Silence. And it was that last song that hit me. I was doing front to back, and that's where, like, the story begins and ends there it all like culminates in the end of that song and i love a good song with a build the song is long slow building and just ends with this like screaming denouement of like self-realization like oh i had a daughter what am i doing like this realization that everything that's wrong with the world is going to happen to her in some form or another everything that's wrong with me is now a part of her and that's intense yeah i'm like i i'm not a dad i don't have kids so the part the, the way that that hit me I'm like, oh man! The fact like, that, that it could hit you in that. I'm, manner, I'm getting goosebumps now yeah. describing it. I can, I can <laughs> which... see that. I can physically see that. <laughs> Our listeners can't, but I can. I can vouch. Great, we've got yeah. uh, verified goosebumps. <laughs> just all of that coming together, and I was like, oh, that just made the rest of the album stick with me. And I still mm-hmm. love listening to it front to back. I even in the, the six hour drive here, yeah. I think I listened to it twice through. But you're, I mean, that makes sense because you're talking about how like the story like means a lot to you when you're listening yep. to music. And and that that album is great, like with uh, taking tying themes together. There's a lot of fatherhood within it, and a lot of, mm-hmm. of self doubt. So that sounds like something to me where 
you know, maybe it was just that one moment in that one song when you realize how it hit you, but like suddenly now the whole album made more sense. So like you were you 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 felt that in one song, but now that entire the rest of the music just clicked and like, Oh, definitely. Yeah. That song now I still it ousted I think the song Pride by them, again a a kind of slow drawn out song that builds up to mm-hmm. a more raucous ending yeah um that was probably my favorite song i would say the silence probably replaced i love that. those types of songs by the way That's, i do like yeah, yeah. um oh, shoot, and you, does a version um a song with that type of style uh scary yeah. okay yeah. i love that song yes, I guess That's one of my one. favorite songs yep um I, I i'm glad i knew exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about so you were talking about moments in a song too so i loved the silence i love that song front to back um actually um back to kind of listening to music we can cover this with Avett Brothers, but um, sure. do, you, do you ever listen to songs just for a particular moment? Oh, for sure. For sure. Can, um, can I give an example? Is that what you're about to say? So, so my <laughs> example is the song True Sadness by the Avett Brothers. You made me, oh. you made me oh. kind of hate that song. Did I really? With the, the repeated lyrics. They repeat, they, re- oh. they repeat two lines in it. Oh, because they do. They re- yeah, and that's, they repeat that part always makes me rhyme. laugh. But you get to the um, where the lyrics start with Angela became, became the target. The target, yeah. Uh, that singing part, I absolutely love that part of the song. So I will, I, okay. I say, suffer through the beginning of the song to, to listen, listen to, that. to that part. Oh, for sure. That's that's actually a really good example, and that's one for me too. I like that as well. I I like the rest of the song. You know, you know, sans the rhyming with the same word, <laughs> lazy. But <laughs> but no, when it gets to that part, like it's such a it's such a, like a feeling like shift, because then like the the song starts with them singing about true sadness, and then you actually get to like the meaning of it like when you're talking about angela and like the the what they sing about her it's yeah, like they, kind of intense they bring a personal story into it yeah it's really cool um and then like another example well and this kind of goes back to what i mentioned before about listening for lyrical things one thing that um always got to me was one of the songs um oh crap now i'm like blanking on the name of it um talk on indolence there we go and they're doing a harmony towards the end and they sing the lyrics like drop the hammer down and it's like the first time in the song where um the brothers like harmonize on it and you just hear that high note ring out and it's just like it's so glorious and it's it's sad because it's only one note in the entire song but it's like i listen to that whole song just to get to that point to where they like sing that harmony and then the re- it's just perfect it just oh, sounds excellent amazing. example yeah i, I I'm having trouble thinking of some off the top of my head. I'm sure over time, I, I do want to cover that question with other people too. Um, so yeah. I'll have to think of more examples because we can't um, just keep talking about the same band over and over again. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Or can we? Can we? We can. We can. Um, <laughs> I've got to go off of a little bit of uh, people are going to have to, if they want to, go out and listen to these songs oh, for to sure. kind of figure out okay. what we're talking about um, since we can't play them for people. Just yeah, but I don't want to put go, people through go that. Go listen and talk on Indolence and listen towards the end of the song. You'll you'll know what I'm talking about. He, he sings the words drop the hammer down and you'll just like you'll hear that ring out. Um, another good example, like if you think of like rather than just the note, like the actual, you know, note that's on the words are the lyrics in uh, Murder in the City. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is another song that kind of like builds up towards the end because the music definitely shifts when it gets to this lyric but the lyric itself is always remember um there was nothing worth sharing like the love that let us share our name and like when they sing that lyric like you the whole song shifts into perspective and it's like the music even changes slightly so like when he starts to sing that that lyric like you can hear it uh it's just like a very intense like moment for me and that might even be a good example of like when 
at least for me, like the Avery Brothers, like came, became like a very serious. Like this is one of my favorite bands. Like I'm definitely going to listen to the Avits, you know, hands down for a long time. Pretty much any song they come up with, they do no wrong. That sort of thing. But awesome, yeah. So to uh, be clear, I, I'm set with Manchester. I, I okay. got my story out. Um, but you wanted to cover the Avery Brothers basically as a whole. Which approved that choice because okay. also one of my favorite bands. We've kind of listened to them through the years mm-hmm. together. We've been to um, at least two concerts together. We've been to Cleveland together. We've been to I'm trying to think of more. I, I went to um. our brother, uh, our brother Nick. I went in Indianapolis with him, but you weren't there. Um, but then I think you saw them in Indianapolis. I also went. I was going to say no way. I went to Indianapolis with Nick. No, I also did that. It so, was, so Nick has done two Indianapolis so shows, one with each us, of us separately. Oddly, so maybe you and I have only been to one together. Uh, no, Bunbury would count. Bunbury would count. I feel like that can't be true though, because we. So I wasn't. I wasn't sitting with you. <laughs> yeah. You were probably somewhere else. And it's, it would it would surprise me if we've only been to one or two together. If if that's it true. would it might have happened that maybe way. It then. is true. I don't know. Oh, uh, Dayton. Shoot, I forgot about that. There we go. Yep, Dayton. Yep, you're right. You did that. Uh, an evening with the Avid Brothers. Yep. Um, but just as far as like the Avids as a whole, you know, I kind of find myself where, I guess we we were talking about this earlier um, before we were recording. But I just mentioned like when I first heard the Avid Brothers, I was for sure just like in the car with you on the way to high school or on the way home from high school whenever you like played it and i remember hearing um just the song the song die 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 and i thought it was such a goofy sounding song to me it just it wasn't clicking and i was like man the avits are kind of weird like this is a really weird song you know just with the banjo in the background and at first i didn't think that they sounded very good without like their their vocals i thought was kind of off um but it, it ended up like growing on me and i know the next song that kind of stuck was Ballad of Love and Hate. And that's one where that's a very intensely like story driven mm-hmm. song. Like you don't listen to that song to listen to the vocals. You listen to that song to listen to the lyrics and the meaning, that kind of thing. Um, so that definitely stuck. And, and kind of, as I mentioned earlier, I would say the one that like, de- that definitely like just hit home was with, with murder in the city. Like as far as like, yes, this band for sure is like hands down my favorite. Um, but there's a lot of other stuff with the Avits that have kind of stuck with me throughout the years. Like, um, you know, I've been out of, out of high school for seven years now, and I started listening to them my, I guess, my freshman year of high school. So 10 years, I think, would that that would have been. So we won't <laughs> You're smiling as, <laughs> as if you want to interject. But anyway, so like 10 years of, of, of listening to the, to the Avits and it is a long story. Like a lot of things can happen in 10 years. And I think what my brain does is like anytime a new album comes out or anytime I listen to a song with the Avits, it just attaches like what's happening in my life at that moment to what's like going on with the music. Um, you know, I've been through a couple breakups and like I've, I've attached memories of that to some of the music. Um, and just time that I've spent with my friends, uh, I've also attached that music because we listen to the Avits uh, collectively. Sometimes a lot of my friends uh, listen to the Avit Brothers. So, um, you know, when we're together and like you know sharing those moments and memories, like I, I just attach it to that music. Um, and it's kind of funny because there are very specific songs that like I think about certain people when I listen to when I'm when I listen to them. So, um, it's. Yeah, I mean, it's like like I kind of mentioned earlier, like they could release an album tomorrow, and like I, every single song I will like, I'll just enjoy it because my brain will just tell me for sure, like you know, you you love the Avett Brothers, like you know, you'll just like attach a memory to it somehow. A bit predisposed, it, it'll be there eventually. Is a good word, yeah. 
and, and maybe I won't like it immediately at first, but like uh, my brain will start to like make connections to it. I think just naturally, it's almost like yeah, it's kind of like how our, our brains work anyway. Like as far as our nervous system, like we make these connections, you know, yeah. makes it easier to like like something. And, and I like that you brought up kind of the the, the breadth of time that, that covers how much you've liked them and, and the emotions you attach to that too. Because sure. I would cover it in the same way. So obviously, I was listening to them around the same time in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know a friend had introduced me to him and I was trying to like him. So I remember the first song I heard was called Nothing Short of Thankful. And I think I had the same thought where it was a video of them playing in who, the corner of a bar, maybe. Who are these, you know, yokels with a yeah, banjo? Yeah, just, just look at them go. What are they doing? Yeah. Um, and then Ballad of Love and Hate, same song. I, that's the one I distinctly remember in college, just kind of sitting alone and listening to and thinking like, oh, this is, at the time I thought it was really deep. I think I yeah. wouldn't made a post on MySpace about it. I was, mm-hmm. I was really into it at the time. For sure. Um, but then, it, yeah, it, I didn't see them in concert until later, and I think that's actually a huge part of their uh, allure. I think they draw a lot of people in with a live show because they're yes. that good at that. So to kind of wrap it up, uh, as far as Ava Brothers goes, since we kind of talked about the band as a whole, okay. uh, do you have, like, right now, uh, a favorite song? A favorite song? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I do. I do have a favorite song right now, and it's from their latest oh crap i kind of have two favorite songs yeah, just go with it i'll go with uh the first one is definitely i wish i was mm-hmm. just such a like a beautiful kind of like heartfelt i mean it's a, it's a love letter mm-hmm. and it is so beautifully sung and like beautifully structured and the ending of it is 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 fantastic and so uh, to interrupt your point, did you see yes. the the latest documentary? Oh, I totally them? missed that. It was did you miss that? It'll be on uh, HBO later, I think. So the, the, there's a documentary about the Ava Brothers called May It Last uh, that that talks about the making of the latest album, True Sadness, which contains I Wish I Was, and you get to see um, part of the writing process for that song. Mm-hmm. Um, I, wish I, I think was. it shows it shows part of the recording and it shows them trying to come up with the lyrics, and I think it's. Seth's writing the song, and I think Scott's the one who comes up with the concept of the ending, the the letter part of it, which is kind of fun. And you see yeah. him coming up with ideas, and it's it almost feels like cheating in a way because you know how the song ends up, but you get yes. to see them back in time trying to come up with it, and you're like willing the answers at them. You <laughs> know where it. they're gonna end up, but yeah. it's it's hilarious. That's cool. Um, I like. I need. I definitely need that to song. It. Also gave me a new favorite by the Abbots, which I'll cover in a second. But so my second favorite? one that I was gonna mention is uh, just 100% no hard feelings. Yep. Okay. Gosh, that's like another good one that just like ends on a very powerful music musical happening. Like it's just like a really great song. That song I didn't really like when the album came out, or I just didn't pay enough attention yeah. to it. But that's the one I was talking cool. about from the documentary. That one, mm-hmm. they show the entire recording process, and it's fascinating. They do the song front to back. Uh, they end, and the band members are coming up to the brothers and congratulating them. They know they got a good take. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's his name? Rick Rubin comes up. Good job, boys! Like yeah. that's the one for the album. It's great. Everyone's really excited. They all walk out, and both brothers are like, "Hey, can we have a quick, you know, five minute break or something?" Sure, sure, go off. And they they both walk outside and they sit outside. And it was right after I came up with the idea for this podcast too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was sitting there. It confirmed everything I wanted to know because what I'm talking about with people, their emotional attachment to the music on the listening side that scene shows the recording side of it yeah. a lot both of them are like that song it's weird they, they, they say it's weird to be congratulated 
um, be, they're like yeah. everything we've experienced in life that led to that song being creative that has cost so much to come up with a song that it's it seems wrong to be congratulated oh. so Seth's mostly silent during that Scott's the one that, that says yeah. most about it um, but you can just that, see like, everything if you listen heart. to that if you listen to that song in that context <laughs> just mm-hmm. knowing like that came directly from them oh man but I mean that makes so much sense it, I, 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 so I said I listened, kind to, of... I listened to Black Mile Surface a couple times on the way up here I, I've gone back now to True Sadness and I always go and I click on No Hard Feelings listen to it two or three times I go through the rest of the album to cheer up yeah um, but that song hits so much harder now after I watched that documentary uh-huh. so I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned both of those because yeah, I, I would say the same thing favorite. I love both of those songs right now for those reasons gosh that makes just way too much sense though and I'm kind of like embarrassed I didn't even like think about that from like the artist's perspective it's like it, conf- what it they confirmed everything I thought as far to, as like make this. a song you know that's, that's Sorry, that again? I you. oh no I was just saying I mean that just like is crazy like they they go through all of that just to even make that song and i mean we just like are on the receiving end we get to listen to it you know out of context we don't get all that information up front and And then yeah coming back to it and at least me having seen that and it put that much more emotion into it so that again so my personal emotional catalyst for that song i didn't really listen to it that much before and i came back to it with this brand new perspective and yeah it hit that much harder and that's tough too because again i mean we know like um it, it was bob Wraith, whose daughter who had leukemia and like when they were recording one album and it's like they had a lot of references to that in that album and i mean that was just heavy listening to that music and i'm sure that was much um more emotionally intensive for them to even record that definitely and as well as we know like you know seth was going through a divorce like during the last album and it's just or completed or you know but still it's just it's nuts a lot of emotion attached to all of this. Yeah, that's why I love seeing those documentaries like that. Um, getting the the glimpse into the music because it does give that personal attachment. Um, it was mentioned in another conversation again about metal music, but being able to see get into that process mm-hmm. and see their creation of it and see the effort that goes in and the fun they're having, it just makes you enjoy it that much more, mm-hmm. which is fun. And it, it allows you to connect in that way as well, just beyond listening to the music, getting to the lyrics or the melody or the vocals. You get to see the, the creative process, which yeah. just magnifies that in my mind. Um, beyond yes. favorite songs, um, okay. sorry to keep putting you on the spot, but do you have a, a favorite lyric? Uh, my, my question was going to be... Favorite lyric? From like, the Avids? Yeah. Or just um, in general? Okay. So it was going to be my, my tattoo question. If you were going to get a tattoo, would you get album art or would you get a lyric? And if a lyric, what, what would that be? Or if an album, album art, what, what would that be? If I were to get a tattoo so lyric wise would I I have to jump to the you know always remember there is nothing worth sharing like the love that let us share our name that's something that I can probably never not say that's my favorite lyric um tattoo wise I like that question um I think the one that would make sense and would be the most noticeably avits would be to get the bird from emotionalism which tattoo. then, spoiler alert, our sister has that, has that tattoo. tattoo. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that. And then I would, you know, fall into the category of a 16 year old girl. And then, you know, that would, no. Sorry. I, I actually I met Scott Ava and I told him about that tattoo. Yeah. And I think she was 16 at the time, where I mentioned sure. how old she was when she got it. Yep. And he was really excited at first. And then after I told him that, he just was like in this weird disbelieving <laughs> phase. He just yeah. repeated that a couple times. And I was like, 
I tried to, I, it, I regretted it. I tried yeah, to wave it off. But it's so, like, uniquely Avett Brothers. Like, when you see that, you're like, oh, okay, I know what that tattoo is. So Yeah, definitely. Sure. So, um, did you have any other questions? Any other follow-up questions? Uh, I think that about covers it. Okay. I think we got through everything I wanted to. Awesome. Well, thanks for thanks for chatting with me about our favorite band, Absolutely. pretty much. Yeah, our favorite. No, so yeah, that was thanks uh, for recording me and us talking for a while. That's pretty cool. No, awesome, <laughs> brother Gabe. Thanks for uh, stopping by. Sure, sure thing. All right, peace out.